Welcome to the Wrigley Rapport Podcast. This is Big Cynical Ben running the show. You can find us online. Read all our stuff. Medium.com slash the-wrigley-rapport. You can find us on Twitter at Wrigley Rapport. R-A-P-P-O-R-T. You can find this podcast online at Wrigley Podcast. Live stream some games. Do some silly polls. Have some bad jokes. Really good at that part of it. And uh, just looking for some retweets. Or if you want to get into politics and the, and the culture, uh, you follow me at Big Ben KC, Big Cynical Ben. Mostly sports, a lot of retweets, other stuff I think is interesting. Well, let's get into it. It's an off day. So you know what that means. Everybody's trying to figure out what to talk about. Later on in the show, we're going to have uh, some Q&A with our elite analyst, Mr. Ryan Tadich. going to be back on the phone today. I know, right? Two days in a row, and they have a guest. It's like a real podcast or something. But today I want to talk about one of the most underappreciated positions on the field. A position that actually runs the defense. If pitching is the currency of baseball, then the guy who catches the pitches dictates the field of play in its entirety. And on the Cubs, that man is Wilson Contreras. If you've ever played fantasy baseball, you understand that catcher is a primarily defensive position. And if you find a catcher that is also a hitter who is the goose that lays golden eggs. You know they are white elephants. They are the great white buffalo. The great white buffalo. They're few and far between because there aren't that many Johnny Benches in the game. Salvador Perez hits a lot of homers. Wilson Contreras hits a lot of homers. But it's usually early in the season. See, they're, they're catchers are known for their glove more so for their than for their bats. Which, when you find a power-hitting catcher, you know it's not going to last. Uh, first of all, because uh, uh, opposing pitchers uh, adjust, and they make adjustments to the catchers, and the catchers have to readjust, but it's mostly because of time behind the plate. Fatigue from the season. Baseball has 162 games. Why do we have 162 games? Because you're supposed to play everybody else in your division 22 times. Why do we play everybody else in our division 22 times? Because baseball for years had no postseason. You won the pennant. It's kind of like soccer over there in Europe. Uh, this is, uh, Get your cameras out. It's the only time I'm ever going to talk about soccer on this podcast. But the regular season dictates the, the, the championship match, more or less. That's how baseball was designed. That's why it has so many games. That's why it's a grueling season. It's a marathon. It was built to be a marathon season. So that you would play everybody else in your division. Back then it was just the National League. You know, six teams in the National League. Six six teams in the American League. And they would play each other so many times. And then they, two best records. One from each league. Starting back. Uh, starting back in the day, 1901, got together and they played the World Series. That's how it was. 
There wasn't playoffs. There wasn't wild card. There weren't divisional standings. It was the best record in the league went to the championship series. And originally, when the World Series was set up, it was best of nine games. That's a little ridiculous. Until they moved it back to seven. Catch seven-game series. During the regular series, you played three-game series. Played seven-game series in the World Series. That's how it was. Before you had the league championship series, before you had the divisional series, and before you had the wild card series, the game, it's going to be a series. We're going to have a three-game series eventually because everybody's complaining about the one-game wild card, and um, it puts emphasis on winning the division, but I'm kind of old school. I think you need to win your division. Yeah? If the Yankees and Red Sox are the top two teams in the American League, lose your division because uh, the Yankees are one better game than you, even though you have the second-best record. It stinks. But um, wild cards? Sorry. Got to win your division. Can't come down to one game. Well, now it's not going to be one game in a few years. Mark my words, it's going to be three games. But this grueling season that was designed by the creators of the greatest game known to mankind is hardest on catchers. It's hardest on catchers' knees. It's hardest on catchers' arms. It's hardest on catchers because they have to sit back there behind the plate in a crouching position for hours at a time, warming up, playing the game, snap throw to second, snap throw to first, blocking the ball, I mean, goalies have it easy in the NHL comparatively to what catchers, the grueling workouts that catchers have to endure just to stay behind the plate. And then they have to catch the ridiculously uh, moving fastballs from the, the most elite pitchers in the game and center them so that they look like strikes. It's ridiculous. This is why I was a first baseman. <laughs> but Wilson Contreras gets tired. Okay. After so many games, especially late into the season, need to rest your boy. Which is why there needs to be competent backup catchers. Which begs the question, Caratini or Jimenez, who's the guy? Especially when we get later on in the season, when guys need rest, when... Wilson Contreras needs rest. You're pulling a doubleheader in late August when it's 100 degrees at Wrigley. What are you going to do? Caratini is showing some signs of an offensive powerhouse. He's got some power. He holds his he holds his bat well. He gets the balls in play. He doesn't he doesn't have the proclivity of striking out without a fight. And I like him for a long-term catcher, maybe a. Um, a, a packaging of a trade somewhere. But de- catchers are defensive animals. Catchers have to be defensive animals because you've got to call the game. You've got to know the weaknesses of the opponents. You've got to help save your pitcher from his own mistakes. You have to center pitches that are just off to try to fool the umpire. I mean, it is grueling defensively. And if you take uh, the word of you, Darvish, he came to the Cubs to pitch to Jimenez. Jimenez is the guy. Catchers who have the ability to not only connect with pitchers, I mean, notwithstanding, they don't even speak the same language. He has to connect through a, an interpreter to Hugh Darvish. But Hugh Darvish asked for Jimenez to be his catcher. He wants to pitch with the guy who understands his style, how he pitches, how to attack guys at the plate. That is a ringing endorsement. I... I know Jimenez is a liability at the plate, but 
we have an entire lineup of guys who have been lauded for their power and ability to hit the ball over the wall. Can we just stop striking out so much? This is the National League. We play the game how it was intended to be played with the pitcher hitting, and God bless them for it, and I love it so. But even if we have a catcher that lacks at the plate, we still have a better defense because of it. And better defense makes good pitching into great pitching, and it makes great pitching into elite pitching. And the Cubs are created to be an elite team. Catcher is the most important. You see catchers going on to be managers most of the time because they understand how to connect with the pitchers. Because that 60 feet, 6 inches between them and the pitcher is the most important real estate on a baseball diamond. Grandpa Rossi was John Lester's personal catcher on the Chicago Cubs. And without him, I guarantee we do not have a ring. Leadership, the ability to connect to guys, especially bring along the young guys to help guys check their egos at the door, to pull together under for the same cause of putting your ego aside to work toward the World Series with the ball player next in the locker next to you you might not like, you might not agree with, you might hate his guts. But you got to put that aside and work toward the series. Work toward the ring. Work toward the W. And David Ross had that ability. Jimenez has the same ability. I'm not sure to what length. I haven't seen him with the other guys. But I know he's got that uh, repertoire with at least one of our elite pitchers. And I don't doubt his ability to connect with the other pitchers. I think that he's got to be the backup. He's got to be the guy splitting time with Willie behind the plate late in the season. You want somebody running your defense who knows how to run defense. When it's time to snap throw to first, I want Riz on the base waiting for it. When it's time to snap throw to second, I want Javi pointing at home plate as he makes the tag with that big grin on his face. I want a guy who can steal outs. 27 outs in a, in, a, in a baseball game. And I want to steal as many of them as I can on defense. Because when our offense is slumping, I want to steal outs from the other team to make sure that we have that much better a chance to win those one to nothing games, those 2-1 to one games, those games where you go to extra innings. Defense is going to win those games. Defense puts us in the 14th inning when we bust it open with a Rizzo home run. Defense puts us into the 11th inning where Hayward goes yard with a walk-off. That's where defense puts us. It keeps the game tied. It keeps the game within reach. You stay one run out. So a bloop and a blast can send you over the top. All you need is two doubles to tie and two doubles and a single to win it. Not hard. You don't have to have elite offense if you have elite defense and if the Cubs aren't making the yips and the stupid errors that they were earlier in the season and they finally get their head on straight defensively this team is dangerous we haven't even been playing to our full potential and we are already at the top of the National League we're right there we're one game back from the best record in the National League first place in the NL Central we're going to win this division but it's going to be our defense that puts us there and catcher is the cornerstone. Everything's got to be built off him. So Jimenez is the guy. Willie's the guy. Jimenez is the guy. You take their defense. You hope for offense. But you depend and you build your squad on the defensive capabilities. And that's the base rock of your defense.
case you haven't heard, the Wrigley Report now has an official sponsor. It is Wrigleyville Sports. You can find them on Twitter at Wrigleyville. You can find them online at www.wrigleyvillesports.com, located just across the street from Wrigley Field in Chicago. They've got the latest Memorial Day gear. They've got the 4th of July hats with the red, white, and blue. They have Father's Day and Mother's Day uniforms available. They have tank tops for the ladies. And they even have stuffed animals for the kids. You can also find yourself an authentic W flag to make sure you fly that in your front yard every single time the Cubs take the win. Right now they're running a promotion. You enter Parents 2018 at checkout. You can get 10% off orders less than $100. Or if you spend over $100, not only do you get 15% off, but they throw in the shipping absolutely free. So visit them today, www.wrigleyvillesports.com. Let them know we sent you. And we welcome back the one and the only Mr. Ryan Tadich, not only a writer at the regular report, but known as the elite analyst of the crew. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm good. How are you? Not too shabby. So now that I am stationary, we'll, we'll try this again. Uh, I want to just play some Q&A today since we're waiting on the rivalry game tonight with the Redbirds. So I wanted to start with this. Who do you think is the most underrated player this season for the Chicago Cubs so far? Um, most underrated, I would have to go with um, Steve Ciszek. Um he, he, I said coming into the season that he was going to be a very underrated pitcher. Um, at, right after we signed him, I looked up his numbers, and I was like, you know, I don't really know much about this guy. And I was like, he's actually been a really solid and really consistent pitcher. I was like, I have a feeling he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, quietly goes about his business. He's going to be effective and a really good reliever, but not get that whole, you know, a whole lot of recognition or be that well-known household name. Um, in terms of like bullpen guys, kind of like Strope is down there where, you know, he's been very consistent over the last four or five years, but doesn't really get that recognition or isn't really well known in the reliever category. So that's my choice. It was either going to be him. I, I, I think Wilson's on his way. Um, he keeps, if he uh, retakes the dominance he had back when he was a Tiger and just strikes most down the, the side, he could take over as a seventh or eighth inning guy, take some pressure off Carl Edwards. But, yeah, C-Sheck's there. That's the guy. Um, next question, if you could only pick one Cub for the All-Star game this year, who would it be? Considering we didn't have any last year, everybody got slighted. What do you think? <sighs> you know, this one's a little bit tougher because, like you said, I think there were some people last year that didn't make the All-Star team that I feel should have, like a guy like Rizzo. Um, you know, his numbers ended up right where he was supposed to be. But, again, a slow start in the beginning of the season, I think, uh, kind of hurt him a little bit. Um, you know, Rizzo, Baez, jump out at you, although Baez has been off to a slow start. Um, or, no, Baez got off to a good start, excuse me, and now it's calmed down. Rizzo got off to a slow start. Now he's gotten better, although his batting average isn't there. But, you know, we saw Russell make the all-star team a few years back with, like, a 240 batting average. So it's not all about the batting average. Um, if I only had to choose one, though, I would probably go with Baez just because he hasn't, he hasn't been an all-star and what he's put up offensively so far in the first, you know, 
couple of months of the season um, has really um, is really fun to watch, and I think he'd be a fun guy to see in the All Star game too. Absolutely. Of all the uh, of all the Cubs on the roster right now, uh, who do you think would be uh, a future manager in the big leagues if you had to pick one? Future manager? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> um, too bad David Ross wasn't still on the team because I would have chose him. But uh, uh, of the guys right now, um, you know, they're I so can, young. I know. Yeah, they're they are. I can see a guy like. I don't know if uh, I could see Lester as more of like a pitching coach type of a guy. I don't know if he would be like a manager, um, but I don't I think he'd have the patience for that. Yeah, I don't think he does. I could see someone like Rizzo being a manager. You know, he's a very calm, very patient guy, um, and he, as he, you know, continues to get, you know, to be one of the more on the team. You're probably going to, he takes on that leadership role in the clubhouse more and more every year, and that cat that you know default captain, even though they don't give out captains in baseball. Um, I could see him fitting into a in, into a managerial role after his playing days are done. As much as we disagree on everything else, we're agreeing on everything today. It's kind of making me worried. I know it's so. Isn't that strange? <laughs> okay. Uh, last question. I know you're a busy man. Um, a lot of people have been making a hay about the price tag we paid for Raldis Chapman and how much we're paying uh, Jason Hayward. And uh, people are questioning whether or not that was uh, a good deal at the time, especially in like mortgaging the future of the Cubs franchise by overpaying a guy who is lacking in talent and selling the farm for Raldis Chapman. And I was wondering if you think that the World Series in hand is worth two in the bush, or you think we sold ourselves short on what could have been a dynasty? Um, we won the World Series. That was the goal. That was the whole point, was to win a World Series. They don't win that World Series if they don't have a role as Chapman in that bullpen, plain and simple. The bullpen was, was not very strong at the end of the year. There was not a lot of guys that Madden could trust in that bullpen. Stroke was coming off an injury that year and hadn't really gotten back to form. Hector Rondon was never the same after losing the closers role to Chapman um, and things like that. They just didn't have they didn't have a strong enough bullpen. The starting staff was amazing, um, and that's why you saw Chapman use as much as he does. I have no regrets. Yes, you, you're watching what Glavar Torres is doing for the Yankees right now, but again, he's still a rookie. He's a young guy just cracking into the big league. He's got to sustain that success throughout an entire uh, you know throughout an entire season and throughout his career. And you don't know what's going to happen. He can end up getting hurt in the future, too. Um, anything can happen. I think it's worth the risk. I Yes, they gave up a lot to get a role this Chapman, but I don't think they really mortgage the future that much because I'm confident in this front office to rebuild that farm system and get it back to where um, it needs to be. Um, plus, a guy like you know Torres, I know with Russell's struggles a little bit, that opens up the door a little bit more, but you know, he was kind of blocked. He's an infielder, you know, Rizzo's not going anywhere. Brian's not going anywhere. Um, Baez is likely not going anywhere. So that's three out of your four infield positions pretty much set for the well foreseeable future. So where's, you know, Torres fit in there. And at that point, you know, Russell was, was the man in that spot. So um, he was going to be blocked in, in this farm system anyway. So why not use that? 
to, you know, use that, that, that trade chip to get somebody you need. And the Cubs front office has said that, that, you know, as they were building the farm system, that doesn't mean everyone was going to be on the big league team. Some of those guys were going to be used as, as trade bait to get, uh, to get players for the major league roster. And I think, uh, Number one, the pitchers haven't adjusted to Torres yet when there's more film on his vulnerabilities in the strike zone. Like next year, he's going to have the sophomore slump. We'll see if he's going to be a good player, whether or not he readjusts to those pitching adjustments. But uh, the jury's going to be out, even if he does have a stellar first year. looks like a perennial all-star. It all comes down to what he does after the sophomore slump. And uh, I don't think the Cubs win the World Series without Jason Hayward's speech during the rain delay. I think that was the moment. That was a defining moment, and no matter how much money he's getting paid now, that was worth it just for the ring. Oh, yeah, that and, and the defense that he brings you, too. I mean, look at the 2016 World Series and how much it was built on defense. Um, defense and the pitching were big, uh, were huge reasons on why they won the World Series that year, and that's because you have a gold-glove caliber, you know, um, gold-glove winning outfielder in right field every day. Um, yeah, he wasn't giving you a whole lot on offense, but, you know, he was making up for it on defense at times, too. Um, so Defense wins championships. You heard him say it, folks. Ryan Tadich with the hot take. Where can they find you on Twitter, Ryan? Uh, uh, on Twitter, at Ryan Tadich, uh, T-A-D-Y-C-H um, is the last name. So you'll find me there. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. We'll see you. Yep, see you later.